This week on the BAMFCAST. Look, a family full of midgets is not considered kids. That's a gang. One star, we're gonna get you, sucker. Alright, welcome to the BAMFCAST. Hey! BAMFCAST. Episode 571. Nice. Sure, nice. Numbers keep going up. Yeah, Tends to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. And what we do each and every episode of this here Bamcast is we only watch ourselves a quote unquote bad movie. Then we come in here and talk about it. Then they get ratings. Good bad movies, enjoyable bad movies. They get one to five jocks and robot, robot jocks. Robot jocks. The pinnacle. However, there are bad bad movies that stay away. They get a negative sliding scale, one to five bags of some giant bags of trash. Boo. Gross. No yeah, good. We That's don't like a those bad movies. Rating. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, through our own sheer whatever blundery, we, we've started late with Blackspoitation History Month, so we're kind of tacking on a little extra bonus week here, because we hey, didn't want to change anything here. The month ends when we say it ends. It's February true. is already short enough, mm-hmm. so Correct. we're not going to do short yeah. shrift to Blackspoitation History Month. Yes, so we're, we're finishing out uh, this month, even though technically at the time of recording it has just barely ticked over into March. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't tell if you don't. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, again, we're kind of dipping out of the proper exploitation realm. Uh, and this time with our first, like, well, actually, no, we did a double agent or double soul or whatever. Yep. Yeah, that was a parody. That was bad. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we also did, we're doing, I get, I'm going to get you, sucker, from 1988. We're in exploitation exploitation. Right. Uh, yeah. Exception. It's being resploited. All right. Or the resploit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean it's it's kind of a spoof, but kind of not because it's not nearly as broad as you would th- when you say spoof. Well, yeah, I mean it's, it's not like Zucker Brothers airplane type it, thing. It dips into that. It, it it's does, not, it's, but it's it, occasional. It, yeah, it's not as it's not as constant as a uh, those eras. Like the, I mean, the airplane basically started that spoof trend, or mm-hmm. you know, I guess the Kentucky Fried Movies short yeah. version of a. Mm-hmm. Well, Enter the Dragon before that, but I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm just saying, like, those are like carpet bombs gags of like sight, visual, everything, just mm-hmm. nonstop. Well, there is a gag to be had in every single second of this movie. If you pay attention to the background, pretty close, there, yeah. There's a gag everywhere, but in tone, this movie is 70% parody and 30% pastiche. Uh, maybe I'd 70% agree with that. parody. Twenty percent pastiche and then ten percent homage. That's that's too much French. I can't handle that much. <laughs> well, you better French. get used to it. Oh, why? <laughs> the French taking over? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Je ne sais quoi. Haven't you heard? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, this, this movie starts in a, in a heavy parody vibe because the first scene is a murder scene with some detectives rolling up on a body, and we learn that the 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 person OG'd, which meant they overgolded. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, because he has covered himself head to toe in gold chains, and that is a cause of death. Never explained why, other than weight and suffocation, or nope. it's not like they were murdered for the jewelry, which is nope. what is also kind of implied is what would be the downfall of that, but he's yeah. fully wearing all of his chains, so just, he's dead. He just overdosed on gold. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, that it's so starting off, it's a, it's a very heavy, like, sight gag of this guy wrapped in gold mm-hmm. chains, and to, you know, and it has a heavy airplane vibe and then backs off from there yeah and this begins the first of like 12 running jokes throughout the movie mm-hmm. the first one of which is 
how does he go to ba- the bathroom with all that shit on? Yes, no one has ever responds. It's just, no, no, it's always a hypothetical question to mm-hmm. the air. So yeah, but the this is Junebug, who is the brother of Keenan Ivory Wayans, the director and writer of the film, as well as the star and producer, craft service guy. No, I don't. Know. <laughs> uh, he, I don't know what all he did. He did a lot. Sure. The other thing he did before we get too far into it, he brought a lot of alums into this movie. Well, and and yeah. I'd be really curious about like what their intentions were with casting or not, because like you've got Jim Brown, you've got Isaac Hayes, mm-hmm. you've got Bernie Casey. And I'm wondering, because Bernie Casey is a character named John Slade, who is clearly supposed to be John Shaft, mm-hmm. like in the way he's dressed. They even play the theme song following him. Sans lyrics. It's an instrumental yeah. version of it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they also have Steve James, one of the Mount Rushmore members of the Banff cast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, playing Kung Fu Joe, which clearly would have been Jim Kelly. Right. Actually, Jim Kelly was still alive at that point. But would Jim Kelly have been willing to do that's, this parody of Jim Kelly? And that's kind of what I'm wondering. Because like Antonio Fargus as well is uh, a pimp character. And uh, apparently they tried to get Superfly to do that one. But he's like, no. Because no, but you wonder if they try to get Richard Roundtree to play John Slade. The interesting thing about John Slade is that even though he's supposed to be John Shaft, his character isn't that overblown. Like no. like the pimp and like Kung Fu Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a giant cartoonish parody of John Shaft. He's just a stand-in for John Shaft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think actually his character's strength is that he's just a caricature of black exploitation movie hero. I mean, they're just like, right? It's just uh, yeah, always back, the coolest yeah, guy in the just, room. Just back in the day, he was a little too tough and got rid of the bad guys, but mm-hmm. then he stopped, and they came back, and you know, he stopped because mm-hmm. people were like, "Hey, you're you're too tough," and so he's like, "Well, fuck you, I quit," and crime came back. So yeah. that's really like his entire backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was expecting some sort of flip at the end where it would be revealed that he's working with Mr. Big or something. But no. They really set it up for that, don't they? did. They? But no, it was just, you know, he got tired of people telling him what to do and how to do it. So mm-hmm. he stopped. Yeah. Uh, it's also, uh, at some point, they uh, tell us how Keenan Ivory Wayne's mom had a thing with Slade. But yeah. they make it clear that he is not Keenan Ivory Wayne's father. Yeah, the they sort of try to begin to imply that, and then, mm-hmm. and then they take a hard turn away. Yeah, and they shut that down pretty quick, but... Yeah. Other, otherwise, it's a whole bunch of people like Kadeem Hardison, uh, every, half of the In Living Color cast show up at some point. And this was, you know, a couple of years before that. Mm-hmm. You know, Damon Wayans is in there. Um, yeah. All, I mean, the entire Wayans family is in this. Yeah. Uh, Don Lewis, who started with Kadeem Hardison in Different World later on. And, and she was one of those people who was like, oh, wait, was she on In Living Color too? And no, no, she was not. She was kind of more of a regular actress, so to speak. Yeah, they just, they, he stacks this cast, really. Mm-hmm. And plot wise, I mean, yes, it's kind of a black exploitation movie, but it's just kind of meandering for quite a while before it finally goes anywhere. The general plot is every black exploitation movie, which is Whitey is exploiting or hassling the black community. And so, you know, our hero has to fight mm-hmm. back against Whitey. Yeah. yeah who I mean, who I... is John Vernon? Who's yeah, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Big. Mr. Big. Who has been flooding the streets with gold? Yeah, and I and I feel like I, I at least three or four or five or ten of our other movies have been involving like someone's younger brother getting killed by being around the crime or somewhere mm-hmm. near the crime and them coming home from the war or something mm-hmm. yeah. and having to avenge them or find out. I mean, that's so that's exactly what's 
here, except you know mm-hmm. because it's a comedy. He's he's back from war in 1988 where there was no or back from army when there was no war in 1988 right. so he's been a secretary basically yeah. yeah he has a billion ribbons for like shorthand and yeah, yeah he had one ribbon for shorthand one ribbon for something i couldn't hear and the third one was surfing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is that a apocalypse now joke i don't even know what that or if it's just funny that you get a ribbon for surfing i don't it's know it's the 80s surfing okay. is All right. you know Surfing is in. Okay. And and that's what's weird now is watching a kind of parody movie in these times because it's like his jacket, which is coated in patches and all sorts of stuff. My brain is like, is that a joke? Or is it just, did we all wear patch jackets with 50 patches on them back well, I mean, then? You, you the know? only time, I mean, the only people in, in the army and or whatever they get cool jackets out there are like fighter pilots and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you're average I was guys. Say, I mean, yeah. that, that looks like a bomber jacket, but... Yeah. You know, he's a secretary, so, I mean, you mm-hmm. know, who knows? That's a direct reference to Top Gun. Yeah. Okay. It's 100%. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, Top Gun came out in 86. This came mm-hmm. out in 88. So that's yeah. 100% a reference to Top Gun mm-hmm. and Tom Cruise's jacket, which was yeah. also covered in campaign patches. Mm-hmm. He had a few. It wasn't like this. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it. okay, it had, like, eight, whereas this one has 37. But but anyway, he he's returned from not going to war, but he's been gone for 10 years. Yeah, and he gets back as uh, as his mother and his I guess it's Junebug's wife. Yes, are being harassed by Kadeem Hardison and Damon Wayans, who yeah. are basically pimps that are saying he owed us five grand for all that gold, and either you guys are going to pay it, or you know we're going to use Don Lewis as our uh, payment. Yeah, it's implied and, that like they're going to kidnap her. Or something. Yeah, yeah, that beca- well, that kind of becomes like the impetus for the rest of the movie yeah. is it's always that's that's the looming threat that they're going to come kidnap her. And somehow she's going to be worth thousands of dollars. Like it's not specified what she's going to do. I mean, it's okay. It's implied that yeah. she's going to be pimped out, mm-hmm. but like Mister Big is going to use her to make tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the arcade cabinet principle. I mean, you, you spend like $1,000 on the arcade cabinet, but you make it back in all the uh, quarters. Yes, yeah. yes. It's also uh, revealed at this point that his mom knows how to beat people's asses because she's the one actually who, who beats up both of the pimps and chucks them down the stairs Yes, to get them uh, to get them out of the house. Beginning a second running joke. Yes, that whenever they leave, they're asked if they, they said they can either go out the window or, or down the stairs, and they always take the stairs, and yes. then they get kicked down the stairs. No, or later to the point, they just throw themselves down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the third time that comes up. Mm-hmm. Rule of threes. But also starting the the running other running joke that his mom has always done the fighting for him, mm-hmm. and so like every time he's a, for at least most of the movie, every time he's about to get in a fight, she just comes from out of nowhere and intervenes and so, just beats the hell out of yeah. people. And then they, this is also when they no is it this time or the second time? It's the second time when they do the obvious stuntman gag from Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah. Yes. When when they're in, when he uh, goes to pick up. Dawn Lewis in the yeah. in the rest in the restaurant to or, bring her home. What year is Spaceballs? Is this concurrent or Spaceballs like eighty six? Were they stealing everything? No, from Spaceballs 86? like it might be eighty seven. Yeah. No, I can't remember. <laughs> it's somewhere it, right it around here. Right around there. Yeah, yeah. But when the I mom think comes, in, I don't think they're stealing that gag specifically sure from Spaceballs. No. I think they're stealing it from, from every movies, other yes. movie that came before them. Yes. They're the clearly a stuntman because I think it's a white guy in a fro. Oh, with yeah. a with a mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might as well be even the same stuntman that was like the princes from Spaceballs. I mean, it's like the same principle of like, you know, white dude with a big handlebar mustache. That's <laughs> yeah. supposed to be a stunting mm-hmm. for a lady. After this happens and uh, Junebug, he finds out that Junebug died from a, you know, a gold overdose and that he needs to find the guys who did it. 
And that's when he uh, decides he's going to go get some help from John Slade, who's Bernie Casey, who is by far the coolest character in this movie until another one shows up later. But Mm -hmm. as far as like a cool cat character, let's put him that way. He meets him because they are he is hosting the uh, what is it? The inner city games. Is that what it is? Yeah. The inner city gang games. Yeah. And the, the, the first event, it's like, you know, it started off. We see a starter's pistol and, you know, obviously a race is happening, but. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's basically dudes they're stealing tvs mm-hmm. while the police and the police dogs yeah. are chasing them yes. yeah the, the person pull, the firing the starter yeah. pistol like it yeah it's, it pans down and it's a cop holding right. the gun and then he levels yeah, it a at starter the, pistol at all yeah <laughs> actual pistol but yeah, yeah. and you know added humor for you know uh millennials and above uh you know these are crt tvs so <laughs> yeah so yeah. it's a large yeah. large item yeah but but bernie casey he does an whole, inter- whole interview with the news people and then that's when Keen Ivor Williams comes over. He's like, "Hey, you know, we got this problem in the streets, man. You took care of it before. Why aren't you taking care of it now?" And he's like, "I'm retired. I'm sick of this shit. I took out Mister Big once. It's somebody else's job now." So he says, "Ah, well, okay then. I guess we're done here." Yeah, he, he doesn't get mad at him. He does the "I looked up to you" speech. You know, yeah. he does the "I'm disappointed in you, son" speech, and it works. Yes, oh, well, he also he also he also shows the picture of his mom uh, before he introduces her as his mom. And he goes off and like, "Oh yeah, I remember her. She could like do this amazing thing with her mouth." And he's like, "Man, that's my mom." Yeah. yeah. And he's also like, you're not going to do any of that. You're my son shit, are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that cuts that cuts that off. Yeah. But Bernie Casey doesn't agree yet. He comes back later. But he from here, he's, he's like, fine. And so he goes to uh, recruit help from basically the the Black Panthers. I, I forget what the name of the organization is, but it's like the anti-whitey something something. I believe it's the People's Liberation Army or something yeah. very, very generic like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he goes in and Clarence Williams third is the guy behind the counter. And he's like, all right, well, we need to raise an army. We got to we got to take out Mr. Big. And he's like, yeah, about the army. Uh, we had an army. But then they all got government jobs because we went to storm the government. They, they were just accepting, offered them jobs. Yeah, they were accepting applications. <laughs> and so everyone got jobs. He's like, goddamn, Whitey is sinister mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I don't know, the weakest joke of the movie plays out. I yeah. mean, it's just like, I mean, not... Into, uh, Speaking of references that it's like, wow, I, I don't know if that, yeah. how that works I anymore. I mean, well, especially like to your target audience. I mean, come on. I mean, come the fuck on. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I didn't catch it and, you know. Uh, you know, and you care I'm, about these well, things. I mean, I'm just like, I'm white and I grew up watching Nick at Night, so I'm just mm-hmm. saying. But yes, I mean, he's doing all this like, you know, white people suck, you know, the, white, the man sucks, all this, you know, standard mm-hmm. kind of stuff and offering him bean pies and bean everything, bean yeah. soda, I believe. Um, but, uh, which he tells him it's an acquired taste. Yeah. Uh, but then Eve Plum, aka Cindy Brady, comes out and it's his wife. And then his two very, very white children, one of which is, uh, uh the girl from Jurassic Park, right? Ariana <laughs> yeah, Richards. Richards. Yeah. yeah. Richards. Okay. Yeah. Ariana Richards. Yeah. Like, come out and, like, it, but in the background is like the Brady Bunch theme is playing. And then the whole time. The whole time. And then, like, it's very, like, they're giving a paper on Lincoln, which is just like, you know, he used, uh, you know, slavery for his own political gains and all that mm-hmm. stuff and you know yeah. then some, and then some uh, poor white trash yeah, shot him shot him and all the end. stuff the end yeah who cares whatever yeah and then he's like i'm so proud you can go watch tv and i like at the time i'm like oh, okay i guess that's why the brady bunch scene was playing until the credits came up and i'm like that is the most esoteric dumb reference i've ever seen like who mm-hmm. the fuck knows what cindy brady looks like growing up with a weird rasta wig on i mean yeah. yeah i'm just saying like that's a very weird thing yeah she had like the Adre- adele dreads going yeah, yeah 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 i mean it was just like i wouldn't know what she looked like and you know i wasn't watching a lot of brady reunion shows mm-hmm. or know what they look like when they're growing up yeah it doesn't work yeah it's and that's the thing with these types of movies where like you right. can keep throwing jokes at the wall you're not gonna hit with all of them i, I mean okay so this is really weird but i mean was like keenan like 
so inspired by airplane. He was like, I have to go get, uh, you know, a, a, a sitcom person. Like, you know, the whole, like, you know, was it Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Cleaver in airplane? I mean, like, it's weird, like less than the movie itself. I like would want to hear a commentary track just about who they tried to cast, you know, what they were, how, how certain things came about. I have no idea. Like, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to suss it out. Like, was it like, I don't know. I wanted that Barbara Billingsley in airplane thing, you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I just like, you know, I wanted that moment of like, you know, this is a weird Mm -hmm. shit. I grew up a little Easter egg thing. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, also, like I said, it's just like, that's a weird pool. Yeah, but hey, that's but from but, this point, hey, Link hooked up with Cindy Brady. So, yeah, but now he's he's, he's left there. He's like, well, I guess that's not going to work. And that's when he goes to the diner to uh, to meet up with Don Richards. And that's when they get attacked. The mom saves them. He goes home and he's like, I'm going to get myself armed and I'm going to take care of this myself. And that's when uh, Bernie Casey shows up and he's like, all right, man, I'll be I'll be willing to help you because because he ends up chasing them into the street and they immediately get shot at by Kadeem Hardison and Damon Wayans once again. Killing a, a guy who's proposing to his girlfriend across the street, and then they end up using him as a human shield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, because like at that point, the 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 fiance, well, she, she was going to be the fiance because like she she fishes the uh, engagement ring out of his pocket as he's dead, and mm-hmm. she's so taken by the ring and everything, she doesn't even notice that like Bernie Casey's like, oh, he won't mind. <laughs> she picks up his dead body and yeah. starts using it like a human well, shield. Well, he also says that hey, at least he didn't cheap out. I just like that she's you know she's immediately like about the ring and doesn't mm-hmm. hear any of that. Like anywho. Yeah, but but they go they go take them out, and then you know they they're like, why are you trying to kill us? And they're like, well, Mister Big found out you were asking some questions that he doesn't want answered, and you know the usual black exploitation thing. And so they let them go, and then that's when they go to uh, they go to a bar together, uh, Bernie Casey and Keenan Ivory Wayans, and this is where <laughs> where uh, Kim Wayans is singing in the bar. <laughs> and she's like singing like the the lounge version, like the Lounge, very soulful, intense version of when the saints go marching in. <laughs> she is just going so fucking it's, far into it. It's so good. And she's like thrashing around on the stage. Yeah. Like, it, it just, the performance gets more overblown the longer it goes on. Like, yeah. The longer that scene goes on. <laughs> With also Bernie Casey just every once in a while looking at the stage like, what the f- fuck yeah i think somebody asked the bartender like what's her deal and and he says he's she's the director's sister yeah they uh, they do a fourth wall break yeah but anyway they uh they go there and this is when uh a decorated bamcast alum shows up because bernie casey's like hey man if you're gonna be a black hero you gotta be cool and you gotta get laid and he's like when's the last time you got laid and he's like uh i've been just waiting for the right special person he's like all right listen there's love and then there's there's getting some and then he's like your mom, that was love, but that girl over there, that's getting some. And and it is uh, our decorated Bamcast alum, Anne-Marie Johnson, of Robot Jocks fame. Athena. Yep. The AKA, two, the, AKA the lady. <laughs> the one lady in the entire movie. No, the uh, okay. no, there was also the I doctor know. lady. Yes, oh, that's right. There was a doctor lady. Yeah. Sorry. I thought yeah. I actually for a second I thought she the was the only lady in the Doctor movie. Lady in charge of the two B program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then maybe some people who got crushed in the stands. I mean yes, there might yes. have been some Bedouins and ladies yeah. in the stands. I believe there were other there were other robot jocks that mm-hmm. were ladies that were in the background. Sure. Anyway, the anyway, main lady from yeah. Robot Jocks. And they go on this whole innuendo-laden thing. They go back to her place. And, and you know, because she's taking him back because he said he's got 12 inches. And even Bernie Casey's like, uh, don't think that's going to work, buddy. But they get back there, and then he's like, I got to tell you, I don't have 12 inches. It's a little less. And she's like, oh, then it feels good to be honest, because, like, my eyes aren't actually green. She takes her contacts out. Yeah. And then she goes... 
and also this and takes her wig off and she's got like she's got what got gilly hair yeah yeah kind of like worse than gilly hair yeah it, it's just like a, you know clearly a bald cap on but there's like a few straggly hair yeah, curly peeps. hairs every once in a while on her head I mean, her head just looks like a ball sack. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no other but way But there's one, it. there's one piece of hair with like a ribbon around it. Yeah. Right, like right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then what else she, uh, she, she takes uh, off she... her prosthetic leg. Well, first, no. Fake, first oh. fake breasts and fake ass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, plastic. Plastic, like, yeah. Like comedy plastic. Mm-hmm. I love DNA. that like not only like is it sculpted to be an ass, but it's sculpted to be like an old person's ass. Like mm-hmm. it's like. It's not it's even a, a good ass. No, yeah, I mean, but it's like it's got it's got like wrinkles and sag and cottage mm-hmm. cheese like built into the prosthetic. It's like yeah. why would anyone yeah. make mm-hmm. that? But she, yeah, she throws all those out, and then he ends up basically just running out of the room screaming. Mm-hmm. And and because she's removed her prosthetic leg, she says, "Don't make me hop after you." And that's the last we see of her. Yeah. Yes, movie. he returns to the bar, and Bernie Casey and One Eyed Sam has shown up. I forget yep. who One Eyed Sam is played by. Hawthorne James. Hawthorne James. You will recognize him. Yeah. Once again, but yeah, they, they, Hawthorne's like, all right, I got armaments for you. I can help you out. And they get back, (laughs) they get back to the, uh, to his, his office or lair or whatever you want to call it. Bunker. Yeah. And he's just like, Ken Ivory Waynes, you were in the army. Where'd you serve? You know? And he's like, well, I did this. And I forget how he phrases it, but he's like, so you were a secretary, huh? It's something like that. Department of Administrative Affairs or something like that. Yeah. And he goes, oh, so you were a secretary. And he's like, yeah, I guess so. And he's like. So was I. And then they're like, <laughs> Put it there, pal. And Bernie Casey is so pissed. He's just like, <laughs> what? He's like, what? I've known you forever. You said you were a nom. He's like, yeah, I was in Saigon. I did yeah. all the paperwork there. <laughs> yep. And he's got the, and he's got, got an a, he's got another, another jacket full of patches. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are those for? And he's like, well, that one's for, uh, best, Typing. best typist. And that one's for surfing. And he's like, surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how'd you lose your eye? It's like, oh, we were, we were shooting paper clips at each other and one hit me in the eye. And I didn't think that the uh, shooting paper clips at each other thing would be the Chekhov's gun in this movie. But. Yeah, because Keenan, uh, Keenan yeah, yeah, is like, oh yeah, I almost lost my eye doing that too. Yeah, but he's given them a bunch of like rusty old grenades and just a, a, like a bunch of stuff just looks like crap. Bunch of shit that's been yeah. sitting around for twenty yeah, years, covered in dust, just looks like garbage. But they take it, and that's when they're like, all right, well, we got to get more guys. And so yeah, he's basically like, I'll, I'll, I can clean up these guns. And then he's like, all right, well, you, you deal with the guns. I'll go get the, the army. Yep. And so this is when uh, we get a couple of our favorite black exploitation heroes in Isaac Hayes and Jim Brown, who both run a barbecue shop together. I believe that's Sir Isaac Hayes. Yes. Yeah. Sir Isaac Hayes. Uh, they run a barbecue shop. And this is when a very, very, very young Chris Rock comes in and asks for ribs. How much are the ribs? How about just one rib? Which yeah. you've heard plenty of places at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like I don't I don't know if like my brain is like Mandela affecting this, but like I feel like he's either done a longer version of this in one of his comedy routines or it's just been referenced to death. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I'm hearing other bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just one of those things like all the Austin Powers stuff, you know, where sure. it's like you can't even hear the real thing anymore right, because right. everyone has destroyed it. Isaac Hayes is ready to kill him by the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. But that's when Bernie Casey shows up, and uh, yeah, it's like, hey guys, you need to you need to come join my crew. I'm like, okay, yeah, and and, and he's like, get in touch with Joe. We need to get Joe over there too. Yeah, we don't see who Joe is for a while. Yeah, from here it's just a series of gags, honestly. Like, there's there there's one involving uh, Bernie Casey where he's basically got the Shaft outfit on with the gloves and everything, and he's walking down the street, and you're hearing the Shaft theme, mm-hmm. and then you see behind him there's guys with drums and 
you know, saxophone, saxophone and all that stuff playing, playing his theme song behind him. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's also when he goes and meets the pimp guy. I think that's where he goes from there. Isn't it where he goes? He's got to recruit the pimp guy for some reason. They don't really make it clear. Well, he, he has all the four one one on yeah, all the yeah. all, all Mister Big's activities. Yeah, okay. he goes to him in the prison first, and he's like, "You've been in here. You've clearly heard everything by being in here." And then, but you're also like getting out today. <laughs> so, yeah. Instead of waiting for him to get out, like a couple hours later, he goes to visit him in prison. I think just so we can get the stencil joke on the background. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because like it, it's not done particularly well because they didn't use they didn't let it dry or they, and they didn't like redo the whole thing. But it's like they've taken the rules of the prison where it's like you know no firearms, no knives, and you know, tobacco or alcohol, but they've like stenciled in and gold. <laughs> yeah. 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 He he gets that. And then we get a flashback to the best pimp uh, contest that he wins again, gags. Mm-hmm. There's also a slammer and hammer, which are Jim Brown and, uh, and Sir Isaac Hayes trying to drive somewhere. And suddenly like they're descended upon by, uh, by bums with who want to wash the car windows, Yep, but it's like 30 of them. And you've probably seen that clip somewhere too. I feel like, yeah. I mean, I was. I feel say, like that's another one that makes the rounds. This almost like dips into like Better Off Dead style of comedy for a little while, mm-hmm. where it's just super surreal out of nowhere yeah. for a little while. I, 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 backing up to the whole Pimp of the Year thing, I think I could be wrong, but I think the guy hosting that was actually like a guy that hosted one of those like actual pimp either Miss America or no, not pimp, oh. but no, like one of the beauty pageant things, like one of the big ones. I don't remember the guy's mm. name, but I, I th- I'm pretty sure that actually was one of the guys yeah. that hosted that. I'm just saying it like the weird, like why bother casting other than, you, yeah. you know, people in Hollywood mm. thing. Yeah. And again, like so much of it would play better for like, why is this character here? If it was okay, we got the actual, you know, guy who played Superfly to be in, there. Sure, you know, sure. that's, that's the sort of stuff that, you Ron, know, makes Ron you O'Neill. wonder about. He has a name. Hmm? <laughs> I said Ron O'Neill. He has okay, Ron O'Neill. <laughs> well, we've said everyone else's name. I'm just saying Superfly has a name, too. So they get through their gags, their random gags that they, I guess, wanted to fit in, and they just needed to kill time mm-hmm. <laughs> to make an hour and a half movie. And so they all, they've all they all met up at a warehouse of some kind where, where Slammer and Hammer are actually introduced to Keenan Ivory Wayans, mm-hmm. who is... They, but all of them are like, especially it's it's weird. They they play Isaac Hayes like he's really pissed off and like he really wants to kill people, even though that was not like what Truck Turner was at all. Yeah, that's the it's, thing is like it's it's hard to say who is supposed to be who if they had their dream casting. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you would think Isaac Hayes, if they'd been able to get Fred Williamson, would have been Fred Williamson just because his name is Hammer. Yeah, and you know why would you make the Hammer Slaver joke if not mm-hmm. to make the guy who was Hammer Hammer? Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, clearly the character that's about to show up was supposed to be Jim Kelly, but yeah, yeah, but they're just like, you know, he's like, "Have you ever shot a man and killed him?" And he's like, "No." And he's like, "Have you ever just taken a knife and cut him from his from his asshole to his appetite?" <laughs> that was such a good line. And he's and he's like, "No, man." And and then that's when that's when uh, Jim Brown walks over. And he's just like, "So what makes you think you qualified to be a black hero?" And he waits for a beat, and then he goes, "I used to play football." And then Jim, Jim Brown just gets this look on his face like, all right, yeah. And then he just kind of walks away. And then this is when we are introduced to Kung Fu Joe. Kung Fu Joe, played by Steve James. I feel the only one in this movie who is truly committed to what the fuck he is doing. Because he is doing the Jim Kelly, Bruce Lee thing at all times. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he comes in Kung Fu fighting everywhere and then just kind of goes over the corner and pulls out like a framed picture that he's wearing around his neck and he's like they killed my master yeah <laughs> and, and then, he's like 
you know, like, everyone comes over and is like, oh, Mr. Big killed your master? Yeah, he's like, oh, your master was, was Bruce Lee? He's like, oh, my acting coach. <laughs> I'm like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just the way he walks and moves through any scene is doing like the whole. He's he's full time the stealth version of Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon when he's doing yeah. the very deliberate, like, everything is a dance pose, like ballet mm-hmm. movement. And it's at every time. I love it. Mm-hmm. Whenever he shows up for anything, I love it. Yeah. But they, uh, they've now that they've got the gang together, they're like, all right, what we need to do, we need to get Mr. Big's attention by disrupting all his businesses, and then we'll be able to shut him down from there because we'll flush him out, and then we'll be able to take him out. They go to, I guess it's like an underground bar, but the only way you're allowed in is if you're wearing a giant hat. It's called the Big Brim Club. Big Brim Club? Yeah. yeah. Or the Big Brim Room, something and, like that. And like you know, like you think about Pharrell's Arby's hat, is like oh he wouldn't have been amateur hour yeah, he wouldn't have been allowed, allowed in yeah these are all these are all bigger than turd ferguson hats i guess they've also shown uh <laughs> shown uh the pimp getting out of prison and he's got his full pimp outfit with a with a giant ass hat and he's got uh heels that have goldfish yeah. swimming around Pla- platforms in. yeah but everyone makes fun of him as soon as he walks out which because it's been 10 years that yeah. he was in jail and it's not cool anymore to be nope. like that and he also shatters the <laughs> <laughs> the shoes eventually shatter. Well, it's only when his dreams are falling apart. It's symbolic. Mm-hmm. But uh, but anyway, we so we've been introduced to the big hat, but the big broom club is just full of these people. And uh, they shoot up the bar and are just like, everyone give us all your gold right now. But then there are uh, there are little people hidden in the hats. And there's been a whole thing that Keenan Ivory Wayans had against uh, a family of little people that had attacked him at some point in the past. Yes. Well, it was part of the backstory of like all the times his mom had to come and save him. And yeah. one of them was he was getting beat up by the something something family of little people. The Evans family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, she had to come rescue him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But now he's he's seen one of them. He's recognized him. And he just starts to beat the hell out of him. Yeah. And that's a it's. Well, I mean, it's Tony Cox, right? Yes, it's yeah, Tony yeah. Cox. I mean, just talking about people, you know, people you recognize. I mean. Yeah, but uh, but that's that's when Bernie Casey basically drags him out of the place where uh, where Tony Cox is going from the waist down. Your mind, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, and then Keenan says something like, "Yeah, get up on a ladder, and we'll see. You, you know, see how big you are." Yep. But but they drag him out, and so then from here they're just they blow up one of his uh, shops, I guess. Because Isaac them. Hayes is talk, is tossing like Molotov cocktails through. Yeah, it, well, it's a gold shop. I mean, it's a jewelry. Oh, okay, they're, yeah, they're 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 killing the source. I mean, yeah, the, the, the drug the, trade. Yeah, I, yeah, I love that they're you know supposed to be cleaning up the neighborhood, but they, you know they're just killing a chain shop. But uh, while this is happening, they've decided now it's time to actually kidnap Don Lewis. In another one, that's just kind of like doesn't quite work. She has to leave work because she's having cramps, and then that's when Damon Wayans attacks her. But mm-hmm. she attacks him back because of the cramps, so she goes all exorcist on him. Yeah. Or Evil Dead, basically. Or, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like her eyes go white and hair poofs up for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they capture her because uh, one of them clubs her with the cast on his arm. So she's been captured by Mr. Big. Uh, I guess Keenan Ivory Wayans finds out somehow. I don't even remember how, to be totally honest. But either way, they, they're like, all right, shit, now we got to go there. We got to take them out. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's to load up and go do the final sequence basically i mean they have an extended yeah. loading up montage yeah oh, oh but i i did skip something that happens between them. i also want to note like when they were shooting up the bar mm-hmm. steve james is with them basically just throwing karate chops at the air oh right, right. while they're while they're shooting up the bar what was it? i thought he was throwing shurikens for some reason it's funnier if he wasn't doing anything, you know. Yeah. It, it seemed like he, he seemed like the chick in uh in what was that the dinosaur island mm-hmm. where that doesn't have a spear. Yeah. yeah, where she's just shaking her fist at the dinosaur. So 
they've done this. They've blown up the place. The next morning, Mr. Big decides that he's just going to, he calls the cops and he's like, all right, just, just get them out of my hair. You know, I don't care. Make up charges. And that's when Steve James gets pulled over and the cops immediately make him get out of the car. And then he, (laughs) he even does like the whole like arm flourish thing as he puts his hands on the hood of the car. And they're like, oh, look what we found here. And they just pull out a big old vial of like cocaine or something. He's like, oh, so you guys are setting me up. And so he takes them out. You know, they we actually get a decent fight scene because it's, you know, it's Steve, Steve James. James. It's yeah. Steve right. fucking James. And then it's like you can tell one of the cops with the nightstick is like actually a stuntman who knows mm-hmm. how to do some fights. But he gets taken out. And then immediately like seven cop cars pull up and they all surround him. And he's just like 70 of you, one of me. The odds look pretty good. Cut to immediately them just all unloading their firearms at him. <laughs> like simultaneously just shooting the shit out of him. And they don't it's, even show him. They just show all the guns going off. Right. It's and then, just a quick cut to yeah, all the then, guns. And... Yeah. And then they just smash cut to whatever else the hell else is happening. From here, the next time we see Steve James is he's like stumbling down the street, bleeding out, just like just coated in blood. And his clothes are all, all yeah. shredded. Well, uh... They take out the pimp somewhere outside this too, right? Doesn't he? Because like this seemed to set up that they're just gonna one by one kill all of the the OG crowd. Because I feel yeah. like they they shot up the pimp like outside. Of no, because he shows up later. Oh, like, that's right, he on, does. Yeah, he's yeah. like yeah. I thought there was like somebody else who gets taken out before they actually. Is well, it the eye patch guy? It might be. I, I honestly, Cause, I don't. Because I mean, remember. like at this point, it, I, it just seemed like it was going to be comedic. Like all these supposed original badasses are just going to go out like punks, but then they kind of do anyway. Well, I mean, I'm saying, but then yeah. it's like they also don't die. You know, like none of these <laughs> people die. Yeah. It's like the funniest gag, and what I was get to earlier is like he's been all shot up, <laughs> stumbles to, I, I guess it's back to Keaton's. Uh, apartment or whatever. It yeah. calls the you know the apartment dial phone from outside, mm-hmm. but he's like, yeah. Yeah, he's hiaing his way to each number that he's dialing. Yep. That's that's what finally got me. I was just like, all right, fine, fuck you. That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also he calls them and he's like, I've got to warn you. Yeah. They're they're setting us up. They're coming for you next. And then he realizes that the answering machine's like the answering machine goes, "Haha, fooled you." Yeah, it's one of the joke messages, but yeah. like a really long pause though too. It's like, "Hello, this is so and so." Pause, pause, pause. Yeah. Oh, just kidding. I'm not home. Yeah, but what I love is that Steve James has gone through the dramatic, like the dramatic death sequence, mm-hmm. and then when he realizes that the message didn't record, he kind of like creeps back up from dying. <laughs> right. He undies just a I, little I, bit. I I love everything Steve James does in this movie. I may not love this movie, but everything Steve James does, I'm a fan of. So they don't get the message, but they end up uh they end up all gearing up that night to go cuz I guess they find out where where they've taken Don Lewis. And it starts out as your standard thing, but Keenan gets like the giant machine gun thing. Yeah, like a belt-fed yeah. thing. Where... Bernie Casey has a couple handguns, you know, and and so does uh so does Jim Brown. But then Isaac Hayes, they just have him like continually just loading holsters. Yeah, he's like, got like, like seven handguns yeah. or maybe more. And then he puts on a giant army jacket and I was expecting him to start like shoving them in pockets, in pockets there yeah. too, but he just grabs two shotguns and then, you know, Jim Brown's like, do you got enough? And he's like, you can never have too much. But as soon as they get outside, Not even that, they're like walking out the door. And <laughs> they're he's, literally walking out the door of the warehouse. He steps on some empty casings that are on the floor and just loses his balance and falls to the ground and all of his guns start going off. <laughs> Yep, he guns himself down. And then, like, when the guys are like, oh, my God, and they run up to him, he goes, did we get him? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the best part. Did we get the bastard? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but then he's just like, I'll call you an ambulance. And then they just immediately like, <laughs> like take off and leave mm-hmm. him. I don't know. There's there's something kind of funny about the, yeah. the speediness with what they just leave him behind. But man, then they, they, they get across the street from the warehouse where she's being held. They see her through the binoculars. Like, all right, well, there she is. Uh, where's Mr. Big? And Keenan's like, I don't care about Mr. Big. We just need to save her. I'm like, okay. And so that's when Bernie Case is like, all right, Keenan, you go through the window. Jim Brown, you, you take, you go through the door. And Jim Brown's like, nah, I want to go through the window. I never, I never get to go yeah. through the window. Yeah, he's going through the roof with with a lit explosive to cause a distraction. He, yeah, he's literally doing the thing from Shaft, yeah. like like the one the one cool thing that that's on the box art and all that stuff. And he he's literally doing that. So he's got the lit dynamite. He's going down the side of the wall, and then you know you see him kick back and forth, kick you know kick off the wall like he's gonna swing back and smash through the door. Cut to inside, and you just see an explosion outside. <laughs> To which no one reacts to, really. I mean, they barely flinch. That's what I think. That's they're, what's they're so like, funny about it. Did you hear something outside? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, he has <laughs> just, he just blown himself up. Just this smoking rope dangling in yeah. front of the window. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's that's the best gag in the movie. I yeah, think. I like. He's blown himself up, and then they're like, "Well, shit!" And so Keenan and Keenan busts through the door. Jim Brown <laughs> defenestrates himself. He does like the, the most realistic defenestration ever. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then he just lands on the floor like, oh fuck, that hurt. But it's like he like took part of the window frame with him, like yeah, it's it like, wrapped around, yeah, him. wrapped around him. It's, it's pretty great. Yeah, he's he's just he looks like he's just concussed himself. And Keenan's like, nobody move. And then he like looks down, and Jim Brown's just on the floor, like just concussed. Yeah, it, it's it is to the car punching scene in Last Action Hero uh, to defenestrations, you know, mm-hmm. just like the realistic, like no, this would fuck your hand up and hurt a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But this gets them in a big shootout, and eventually, he, uh, Jim Brown's gets gets shot in the foot, and his bunion just keeps growing because of it. Yeah, and they have this disgusting prosthetic that just keeps getting larger and larger every time they look at it. And but at this point, this is when his mom busts in and tries to save him from everyone shooting him. And she's got a shotgun. Yep, he's able to lock her in a storage room because he wants to do this on his own. He doesn't need his mom to save him. Then they do like lots of little sight gags that they don't call any attention to. Like there's one where he's just standing in the middle of the room, you know, doing the machine gun face to everybody. But, like, they have made the perfect, like, silhouette around him mm-hmm. of bullets. Yep. <laughs> and then, like, a, the second he steps away, like, someone hits him, like, dead center in the head, like, yeah. where he was. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, like, little gags like that that aren't, like, mm-hmm. oh, look at our sight gag. Well, know? that's what I mean. This yeah. this movie is filled, absolutely filled with little gags like that. And a lot of them are way smaller than that. Mm-hmm. But they're mm-hmm. everywhere. I love it. Yeah. But uh, eventually he's run out of bullets. And he's and there's one last guy up at the top of the stairs, and he realizes that he's got a rubber band and a paper clip, <laughs> so he shoots that guy in the eye and takes him out. The guy whose eye he's shot out, he kicks him into the room, and the two guys shoot him up, and he's able to take one of them out. But then Damon Wayans, you know, is still armed because he doesn't see him. Oh, he at runs. First. He runs off screen and yeah. hides. Yeah, and he runs off. He comes and out and he's like, "Ha ha!" Yeah, I got he comes you. out while she while he's untying her. And she's doing the obvious. Mm. Over there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, and there's also the, the injury that he has to deal with because he, oh, right. he's too busy explaining to her how much it hurt because he gets basically like a paper cut. Mm-hmm. And he then, gets a, a, a splinter. Yeah. He yeah. gets a splinter and he has to uh, heat finger. up a wire to poke it out. Yeah, I thought so, he, oh, I thought he was giving himself a, sti- a stitching. I thought, that, I thought he was giving yeah. himself stitches, but okay. That, oh, that yeah. No, it's just a, it's a oh, splinter. Okay. That, makes, and he, that he, makes a lot more sense. Okay. He, he pulls out a, it's the parody of like, you know, pouring the gunpowder mm. into your wound and mm. lighting it on fire thing. But he, he uses a match, one single match to sterilize 
a needle so that he can flick one splinter out mm-hmm. and then takes a piece of cloth and ties a tourniquet around his finger. And he's got a tourniquet on this finger for the rest of the movie. Yeah, but he also does the scream when he's pulling out the splinter yeah. as yeah. well. But yeah. I, I thought I thought it was a cut and he was giving himself, himself a single stitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's too busy telling her about it and Damon Wayans gets the jump on him. But then the pimp shows back up and gets the jump on Damon Wayans. But then Mr. Big shows up and gets the jump on the pimp. <laughs> yeah. And and but this is when he has a monologue about he's like, What, you weren't expecting me? He's like, Plenty of distinguished actors have been in exploitation movies. They ran out at the end because Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween does not fit the rest of them. That's the odd odd man out there. Yeah. First off, first movie and it's not a black exploitation movie. It, but, I'm uh, just saying that wasn't a get. That's her first movie. Yeah. It's a it doesn't even fit in the mold of what he was talking about. Yeah, they ruin their own joke. Right. But uh, from here, Bernie Casey gets the jump on him, and he's just wearing, like, <laughs> shredded clothing, and he's yeah. all, you know, he's got the, the classic the cartoon ash, I've yeah, just yeah, black exploded. ash yeah. all over yeah, the face. Like, face or, yeah. yeah, and he ends up killing him, and then they, <laughs> they tell Damon Wayans there's two ways he can get out of the room, and he just jumps out the window, and they're like, nobody told him about the elevator, did Fly they? Guy says, nobody told him about the elevator? Yeah. And also, by the way, Fly Guy has shown up in what are stylish clothes for the time. Mm-hmm. So he's finally he's finally spent the time to learn how to dress in, in modern society, which I think was a pretty good detail. Yeah. He's wearing a really, really, really sharp suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's shiny. But then they uh, they, they get outside, and uh, the mom is reunited with Bernie Casey, who's like, all right, let's, let's get back together. And then... Uh, which is weird, because he just does that to deflect her getting mad at Kenny and Ivor Wayans for locking her in the storage closet. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, that, that was my idea, because... I wanted you safe because I love you. Mm-hmm. But uh, Keenan has a uh, KRS One and Boogie Down Productions to do his theme song to follow him, so he can be right. a true black hero. It, which is a Stargrove. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean it's only the first verse. That's the only part of it that yeah. makes it a Stargrove, but it does directly describe things that happen in the movie. So, uh, and yeah, then we've got credits over uh, KRS One rapping about Jack the Spade. There is a post credit scene, which is Steve James showing up at the scene where everyone was. Like <laughs> He's crawling the, at, on the ground, still like ripped to shreds, mm-hmm. bloody as all get out. But it's like daytime now. It, like, like it's, <laughs> right. it's like one in the afternoon. Yeah, and he like claws his hand up onto a cop. He's like, "Tell, tell Slade, I'm here." It was it was like a security guard. It was yeah, like everybody. Like it that, was yeah. so long gone that yeah, it was like, like it was it's, yeah. It's like the abandoned. Ferris Bueller. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, dude, they're, they're gone. The movie's over. I mean, you should have might, might as well have said that. Yeah, and they just like, "Can you call me a cab?" They also they also said Isaac Hayes was alive too. He just had minor injuries. <laughs> Basically, oh. everyone who died was like yeah. fine, not dead. Yeah, I think Steve James says like, "Hey, brother, can you spare a band aid?" Oh, yeah, that's when right. When you guys yeah. walk yep. away, something like that. Yeah, he, he does ask me how to bandage. Well, he, he un-kung fu's himself for a minute. He's just like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Brother, can you spare a band-aid? Mm-hmm. That's where the movie ends. And then this is the part where we rate it. Yeah. As explained in the opening. Yeah. Monologue. I'm ready. Go for it. Four jocks. I love this. <laughs> I've seen it before, <laughs> uh, but yeah. I was very young when I saw it. So mm-hmm. I didn't understand, like, half the references they were making. I didn't understand 10% of the references. No. I just thought it was a funny movie because it's a funny movie. Like, it's obviously parody, but the jokes are good if you don't really know what you're looking at. The jokes are way better if you are connoisseurs of the genre mm-hmm. like we are. Yeah, just outstanding. If there weren't so many things that, like, there are a fair amount of jokes that fall flat, the whole, like, People's Liberation Army thing. Mm-hmm. A large part of that is a is a pretty wet fart, so that takes a lot out of the out of the movie as a whole. If it had just kept rolling with the good jokes, 
I think it could have made its way to five jocks, but I laughed out loud quite a number of times. When a comedy hits, it hits for us. I don't. We mentioned Clarence Williams. I mean, as far as like people, you know, notable that guys. I mean, you know, I mean, he's been around for billion times we didn't mention mm-hmm. that john witherspoon is also in this too in a small yeah, part he's, right. he's a yeah, he's the priest, in the priest in the, or preacher yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i just saying like another I, it, mm-hmm. it's one of those things like i mean they're remotely nothing alike but they have played equally similar goofy roles that i occasionally have to remember who is in which funny thing because mm-hmm. they both have done their like you know weird things like that yeah like friday and half-baked and what anyway okay so while i'm talking about things that i've like i've, I've, I've always conflated jokes between this and uh don't be a menace in my head mm-hmm. same and uh i don't like it's just it's been a long time since i've seen this so i i don't know why but it was like i still like this but i think there were like things i was expecting and now i'm disappointed that i didn't see them but that's my own fault so that's mm-hmm. stupid but there were gags i was what were you expecting like the the mail truck with the nuclear warhead or i think it's just i think i thought i i remembered the instead of the mom kicking ass because it's the grandma that kicks ass in that right yes. she, yeah and i just remember like the the grandmother just whips ass, and I I don't know why I thought it was in this movie, but yeah, now I'm clearly remembering that was also like Marlon Wayans. I think gets his ass beat. But don't anyway. be a menace was 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. a yeah, it's good like 90s, years later, yeah. Yeah. I think I have an easier time keeping those separate in my head because they are so they are so different. Like sure. Sure. like don't be a menace is so deeply ingrained, or 96. like rap culture is so deeply ingrained in it, and this is not really. Yeah, like there's not a lot of rap well, culture. I mean, that was it, it was the spoof to the the second era of black exploitation that we didn't call a black exploitation era, but you know the right. Boys in the Hood started the whole like neo gangster film, if you're a gangster yeah. uh, film, if you will. But yeah, I'm just saying like that was a, a era that and a series of movies that there was a whole bunch of for a while and rife for the parody. But yeah, I guess like, having said all that, um, three three jocks. I was like sitting out too, but yeah, there's there's a couple like I I'm gonna reward the comedy aspect. Like there are a couple jokes that like really 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 work, and that's that's the mark of a good comedy. Just having something that just really the mark you. of a good comedy is good jokes. Yeah, just I mean, so, like you just gotta have like it doesn't have to be all winners you just gotta have something that's like that's good bernie casey exploding on while he's repelling is just yeah, it's framed really well everything about it's yeah. good yeah. fucking fantastic yeah. bit i think it's just the fact that like you've got um marlon wayne sitting up front and just like not reacting i mean he's like literally sitting there like polishing that weird comically huge gun thing he had, yeah and it's just like no flinch whatsoever while an explosion is happening and it's it's pumped up in the soundtrack enough that it's like they clearly should have heard that in the fact mm-hmm. that it's right outside the window right <laughs> It's a huge explosion. I think I'm like you. I think I was at two, but I think I'm going three, especially for Steve James, for me. Like that, that was the funniest stuff. But there were a lot of jokes where we, we we were straight up dying. Her singing when the saints go marching in, just (laughs) with, with this just insane intensity on the, on the, on the stage was really working for me as well. Yeah. Because yeah. well, that's not a stage singing song. That's a marching song because mm-hmm. it has literally two fucking lines and you're supposed to hear those two lines and be gone. <laughs> yep. It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot more, a lot more jokes hit than I was expecting to hit. I, I think is, is probably the best way to put it because yeah. it starts out and it's kind of like, eh. Yeah. I was, I don't know if this I was, is going to, I was scared work. with that first gag with the gold gag. I was like, yeah. oh no. I, I don't know why yeah, I just and, like, and, parody things like that that, or that hit badly or just really bad to me for some reason yeah and and it's weird in that like i feel like when we were watching it it didn't feel as broad as it actually is comedy wise but now that we're like talking back about a lot of stuff it's like yeah it's pretty goofy you know now now that we've talked through it <laughs> i think like i'm like wait a minute wait, I, I guess i was wrong at the beginning of this episode but yeah it's solid i'm going three jocks all right solid you're wrong but okay yeah 
only one one jock of wrong. One jock? What's a jock? Oh, sorry, one jock's there of wrong. Go. Worth of wrong. Thus ends Black Exploitation History Month for the year 2023 of our and or your chosen lord. Next year's going to be interesting because we are kind of out of black exploitation movies. We are reviewing as far some, as 70s ones go. Uh, but we are we are looking into options of what other stuff is out there. If you have suggestions on uh, something that we've missed and should definitely cover, please uh, hit us up bmf at bmfcast.com or give us a call on the Garfield phone 9105 Jacks BMF or 9105569263. And just keep in mind uh, there is one keyword if it shows up we're not going to do the movie. So yeah. just know that and it shows up a lot in black exploitation which is kind of yeah. why we're running out at this point. Yeah. Um just because there may be listeners out there who have done this homework, I am not afraid to do it myself, but I tend to overdo, so if you've already done this and you can answer this, I am curious, as I mentioned, the second wave of black exploitation history films, the you know, the neo gangster verse, if you will. Is there something in that realm that you think qualifies as may being made like a black exploitation history movie? Because I I was thinking about that with how many there were made, I'm wondering if there's any that like are toned to fit more like a seventies movie and feel less like a nineties movie, because when they would have been made. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was Poison Hood, I think it was 89, or was it 90? Uh, I think 80. it was like 91. Was it that late? Okay. Yeah, it was. All right. Surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah, but let us know. Let us know what you think. Um, And if you want to hop into the Discord with us, check uh, check on our Twitter. I think you can just search at Bamfcast Discord and find a link to our Discord. It might be on the website, too. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the website in a week. But yeah, get with us, hang out in the Discord, talk to us about uh, all the various things we we do, you know. We got a bunch of different chats there that are cool. You can hang out with us. Uh speaking of free things, if you have free uh money in your wallet, you can give some to us to help keep the lights on. Uh go to patreon.com/bmfcast and uh leave us a little a little tippy tip. A dollar a month will get you a ton of like a huge backlog of extra content, including stuff like Bamcast Extra and uh, other exciting shows. Check that out. Like I said, it helps us helps us pay for all the shit we have to pay for, and uh, we appreciate everyone that has contributed so far. Uh, our patrons are the the best. Well said. Thanks. Cool. Let's get out of here, shall we? Okay. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ, and this is Bamcast out. And also my. Voice.